Welcome to the Vitamin SC3 podcast. Today's segment is The Creative Elixir with Mia Robinson. We also have a very special guest today, so please continue listening to the full episode. This podcast is powered by the Sickle Cell Community Consortium, and we would like you to remember the information shared on the Vitamin SC3 podcast is for informational or educational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice or consultations with healthcare professionals. To become a member of the Sickle Cell Community Consortium, visit SickleCellConsortium.org. The Sickle Cell Consortium is a collaborative designed a little bit like the United Nations in theory so that we can bring together many organizations for sickle cell throughout the country and now throughout the world, as well as um, independent patient caregiver leaders, opinion leaders, advocates, those that are active in this space. And our goal is, what we've always done, is bring our community together so that we can create projects, priorities, initiatives. We can figure out what are the problems, needs, and gaps in the sickle cell community, and then figure out how we're going to collectively address this. Welcome back to another episode of the Creative Elixir, and today we are breaking silence, having conversations with James Griffin III, Arthur James Griffin III. Um, He is not just an Arthur, he is an avid sickle cell warrior, he is a motivational speaker, he's a published Arthur, Um, of course a writer, and he does just amazing things in the sickle cell community and a huge advocate. So welcome, James. How are you? I know I asked you that before we've started, but how are you feeling? I'm doing good. I'm feeling well, doing good. And thank you for that introduction. Yeah, that was that was a nice one. I'm, I'm like, that's me? <laughs> That's you. That's you. It's so funny you say that because we just I think we do so much from our heart. We forget a lot of the stuff that we do because it's just natural to us. But yeah, that was you. That's you. Right. Thank you. So I want to start off with um, like my previous interviews, just start off with your sickle cell story like how did you or when did you find out you had sickle cell and how did that manifest in your childhood okay so i was um young when i found i was two years old so um right away and i was the only child in my family so at the time it was only two other siblings i have three siblings but it was just um two other siblings so i was a third child born um, my mother found out just by me playing in a walker. She, this is how she tells me the story. I was playing in a walker, and then all of a sudden I'm crying and screaming, and she looked at my hand and noticed it was swollen and puffy, and she thought I, I bumped it on the wall or, or just playing with my siblings, but that wasn't the case. And so I kept crying, and she took me into the hospital, and that's when they had to do some tests, ran some tests. Um, it wasn't broken, so they found out, you know, let's do some blood tests did the blood test and then found out I had sickle cell and they were called into the off into the clinic to uh, go over like, you know, the, the genetic test and then be told that I had sickle cell and exactly what it was. So that's how I found out, um, grew up my whole life then 
in and out of crisis, especially at a young age, going through different crises because I wanted I was so active. You know, I was a kid. As kids, you you have to be active. You know, you want to be active and play. And I was just so active and always wanted to get outside and play with friends. So I would be in and out of the hospital. And, you know, it was hard on me when I was younger because, you know, it was time away from friends and I couldn't do the, the things I wanted to do. And, and so that's how I found out. And then after me, my parents went on and had another uh, child, and that was my youngest sister, and she didn't have sickle cell, so I was the only one. Thankfully, they didn't have to deal with it because we know, like, you know, it's more, always more than one in the family who ends up with it. It's always a 25% chance each pregnancy. So, But uh, I'm glad it was just me, and I've dealt with it all my life, and my family has been very supportive. Good. Is I cannot explain the importance of having a village, a tribe, whatever you want to call it, that support system. Um, my support system has been absolutely amazing for me as well. So I'm glad you have experienced um, having that great support system behind you because I cannot imagine going through this life, sickle cell or not, without having like an amazing support system. So I'm glad to hear that. So as you get older, you're, of course, experiencing more things with your sickle cell. I don't want to go too much because people need to buy your book to read and see the details of your your life growing up with sickle cell. But what made you want to start advocating for sickle cell disease? You know, it was always the question of what is sickle cell? So people would always ask me when I... I didn't open up and start telling people until I was in my twenties. And so it was like, what is sickle cell? And so when I, when I started to open up, that was one reason that made me want to, you know, write about sickle cell. I wanted to tell exactly what it was because most people never spend a day in the, in their life in the hospital. And if they do, they in and out, but they don't go through like the emergency rooms or, or the things that we go through with needles and, and having to have fluids and IVs. Um, and just the morphine. So I wanted to explain exactly what it was because in our communities, we don't even talk about our health issues and that's the big thing. So that was one reason. The second reason was it was, it happened at a time when I got stigmatized. So as I got older, you know, this transition is always rough for people with sickle cell. I didn't really go to it until I was like 19 when I had the, um, the uh, one doctor just just didn't want to um, prescribe me pain medications. It was just like, we'll just give you these pills and then send you home. Well, I'm used to getting IV uh, fluids and, and pain medicine through the IV. So after that experience, I told my doctor, she said, well, you know, um, people are drug seeking. And that's the first time I heard that term. And I'm just like, well, if it happened to me, I know it's happening to other people on a more, more higher level scale. And I was fortunate to be when I go to the hospital, I usually got good treatment, especially going to the ER. But um, that was the reason that made me want to open up. And the thing is, like, I wanted to take control of my health. And so I was, like, starting to – because my mother was with me my whole journey. So, you know, she would go to appointments and speak for me when I couldn't speak. But at some point, you want to take control of your health. And so, um, you know, as I found out I was going alone, this was happening more often. And so I wanted to share – the journey, and that's why I wanted to talk about exactly what we're facing in these ERs and emergency rooms and with these hospitals not wanting to treat us. So that's what made me open up about it. Good. 
Good. Um, I just told a friend recently that, you know, all the work that I do in advocacy is really because I want better for myself and mm. everyone else reaps the benefits of me wanting that for myself. Cause if I can get that treatment, I think others deserve to have, you know, better and adequate treatment as well. So it sounds pretty similar that just trying to help other people through your journey and through what you've gone through. So, and it's people I feel still feel alone. Um, like me, I'm the only one in my family with sickle cell disease. So it's very easy to be in your own little bubble and feeling like nobody understands. But once you get into the advocacy space and get around other people with sickle cell, you don't feel alone. You feel that support and that, that love from others and from the community. And then the doors just open up for you, um, like you have, (laughs) like you've had, um, for you. So with writing your book, again, let me mention this so you guys can find it on Amazon and wherever else. It's called Breaking Silence, Living with Sickle Cell Anemia by James Griffin. And it is his sickle cell story. So you'll be able to get more detail about his experience with sickle cell when when you go and purchase the book. So what motivated you to write the book and title it Breaking Silence? Well, the motivation behind the book is just um, just bringing awareness to sickle cell. I was I was always a good writer, and people would tell me when I would write things, they would say, "Oh, you're a good writer." And so, like, I try to kind of channel my writing and decided, you know what? It's easier for me to write than it is to speak. Like I said, I wanted to tell the world when I decided, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to speak about sickle cell, but I was just like. I'm not ready to be in front of the cameras or just talk to people because I'm still it's still I'm still holding it close to me. But when I decided, I was just like, well, I'm a better writer. I can express myself more through writing better. So that's what um, motivated me to to write it and just uh, put it out there for everybody. And and yeah, that's that was my biggest motivation. And what was the second part of that question? What made you title it Breaking Silence? Oh, because, okay, so Breaking Silence came out of, it's like, it's tape over my mouth because, you know, for me, I was always closed and kept it behind closed doors. So now I was just like breaking the silence on on everything, on like what I went through. And I was just letting people know, like, sickle cell is a a issue that we're facing. It's a real issue. And um, I'm not being silent about it no more. I'm going to speak about it. And um, all different arenas. So with my friends, I'm going to speak about it. When I go to the hospital, when I'm out doing advocacy work, I'm just going to let people know that this uh, sickle cell is around because, you know, we never get any type of media coverage or anything is said about sickle cell. Um, And I think having the Internet has accelerated, you know, like gave us control to let people know on a bigger scale, like, hey, we have sickle cell, it's, it's not cured, it's, we're facing, still facing the same issues back from way back in the day. So it was discovered like 1910, and it's a leading genetic illness, but yet we don't get any type of recognition or um, it's not talked about. So that that's always was disheartening for me, and that's why I, I said I'm going to break the silence. Sweet. I love it. A few years ago, we did a campaign called Stop Sickle Silence, and it was basically the same concept with the tape over your mouth. Um, And I think we got pictures of people ripping the tape off to show that we're not going to 
be silent about it anymore. So I love the concept and the the image behind your um, book cover that that stands out. So I love that. Now, how long did it take you to write the book? It took me two uh, two years. So yeah, it was um, a long two years. Yeah, it took two years to write. It was long two years. Um, But once I got going, just different stories started coming to me from childhood. I even had in the beginning, I had some ups and downs where, you know, I was writing and I left my um, USB plugged into the computer in the library and I never found it. So then I had to (laughs) had to start over. Um, But it just it just let me know that, you know, just just keep going at what you want to do. So, um, you know, I got better through writing, you know, writing more and and. It just took me two years to just put it all into one thing. And the way it was written, it was just like stories here. And then I ended up putting them all together. So it wasn't like written chapter by chapter. It was just me remembering childhood stories, stories out with my friends. And so it came together yeah, like that. I'm in the midst of um, writing my story. Uh, I'm working on an autobiography, so it'll include more than just sickle cell. So I'm going through that process of, like you said, okay. writing stories, whatever stories come to me and just writing it out and things like that. I've I've been working on this for quite some time, but I get to a certain point where my emotions become overwhelming and I quit. <laughs> Did you find yourself having to go to like okay. a very vulnerable space in order to write it out? That's a good point you said. I'm getting chill when I'm thinking about that. You, you do go through um, um, vulnerability, and when you're writing it, it brings you back to the time. Like if it's a sad story, just being in the hospital and being stuck repeatedly, you remember that and you can feel that within, but you still are able to express it. I kept going because um, – like as a writer, when you have something, you want to keep writing because writer's block is, is real. It could set in. So anytime I had come up with something, I would just keep going no matter what it was. And then, you know, like it's always so much to say that some things I didn't put in a book and then some things um, I did was able to put in a book. But I definitely went through different types of emotions, the highs and lows. But um, it was one thing that I just wanted to continue with. Yeah, sweet, sweet. Yeah, you, your body just automatically remembers those traumatic experiences or those huge experiences. So it was yeah. writing some of my stories has been difficult for me because of going back to those vulnerable spaces. But I'm glad you were able to, like you said, just keep writing and and processing things. Did it help you process some of the emotions that come with living with sickle cell, some of the mental health issues that come with sickle cell? Did writing the book help that at all? It definitely did. It was it was therapeutic for me. And and when people read it, they ask, that's the first question they ask, was, was, was it like a form of therapy for you? Because I guess how it's, when you read it, you know, you could tell I was letting out different type of emotions. And it really was. It helped me um, even come to, more grips with having sickle cell and just knowing like this is who I am, this is what I went through, this is the past. So I'm I'm here now. I'm living healthy. Um, I don't have those same feelings, negative feelings towards having sickle cell or you know the things that I went through. I'm I'm over it. Like I remember going through it, but it's 
it's time to move forward and just let it go and just, you know, accept it over, you know, as a whole, like this is who you are. And so it definitely, it definitely was therapeutic for me. Sweet. I can't, I can't imagine it was. Um, I hear that a lot when people write poetry books or just books in general, how healing it is for that person. Um, so what motivates you to continue going? Um, of course, sickle cell, we're dealing with it all of our life. What motivates you to continue to go in despite any issues with sickle cell coming your way, even currently? Um, what motivates me is just um, seeing others around me be successful and me knowing that I want to be successful. I want to succeed despite having sickle cell. Um, I know like whatever you go through, it's just um, you can do whatever you want as long as you keep your mind focused on, you know, trying to accomplish your goals. So, you know, I'm I'm motivated by seeing others and I keep a good positive support group around me. So when I see my family doing good things, that may motivates me to want to do good things. I see um, people from afar like you in a, in the sickle cell advocacy space or friends um, that motivates me to be successful. I want to keep going and I want to show people that, you know, you know, I can succeed despite having sickle cell and, um, I don't want that to be an excuse for not succeeding. So that's always motivated and pushed me to to go harder, try harder, and, you know, want to succeed in life and whatever I do. Yeah, I can completely agree with that because being, like you said, around other sickle cell advocates, whenever the consortium has their events and just being around that environment, I always feel empowered to keep going regardless of the issues we face with sickle cell and seeing our friends pass and things like that. It's still motivating, like you said, to see other advocates continue and just keep going and, and things like that. So, so how do you, and it's good to be around positive people too. It's good to be around who? I was just saying it's good to be around positive positive people, you know, people that's doing things. Absolutely. And and that comes back to support. Absolutely. And people that's just not soaking in their circumstances, whether it's sickle cell or not, being around that that positive um, tribe of people, absolutely, is it, it will keep you going. So what is it that you do now to stay healthy and to stay away from the hospitals as much as you used to? What are some of your things that you do to stay well okay so we know health is um health is well so the things i do concentrate on for for my health is making sure i drink a lot of water this is all i drink is water it doesn't matter the type um i'm just making sure i'm not drinking any sugary uh any sugary drinks or anything like that um constantly hydrating because you know our body is 70 percent water so it's good to have water in our bodies. Um, I, I eat healthy, so a lot of fruits and vegetables, they also have a lot of water content. Like, for example, watermelons are good for you. They uh, help your veins stay plump. Um, pineapples help with your joints. So definitely the way I eat, I'm not cooking fried foods anymore. Um, you know, I'm baking a lot of things. And just nutrition. Nutrition is important, and we don't understand, like, and this, this comes back to our community. We're not taught about nutrition. And we've ever since we were uh, back in the day, we were given a bad parts of food. So, you know, that's kind of stuck with us. 
Um, so I'm making sure to learn about nutrition and I'm eating right. I'm cooking right. I'm drinking a lot of fluids, which is water. And then I, I, I walk. So I make sure I do some type of ex- exercising. I like to walk. I just came from a walk earlier. It was nice, like 65 where I'm at. I'm in, I'm in Wisconsin. So just 20 minutes walk a day. I was doing more than that, but then I had to scale it back <laughs> because, you know, it was having some some pain, push myself too much. I'll just say that I, I like to go, go until I can't go. And then I find out I push myself too much. So just, just walking, being active. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We, I, I know I tend to do that as well. When I, it's like, when I get in that groove, I want to go hard and as crazy as it sounds, we do forget <laughs> that sickle cell is a real thing. And we're just, focused on just getting the workout in or getting the walking in and boom, it's a reminder that you have sickle cell and you can't, you can't just jump into it. You got to slow down and take it. Our bodies will let us know in a second. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely um, important to listen to your body. But like I said, like since we do have sickle cell, we can't just go out and run a marathon. But I tell people, you can walk. You don't have to walk an hour a day, but just 20 minutes a day is still exercise. And then like you gradually build yourself up if you want to go longer. So um, it's just important to move your body because if the body don't move, the body don't work. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that's that's what I do. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it's just like a reiteration of the last um, podcast that I did with Demetrius Wyant, AR the Prophet, and he mentioned some of the same things as far as nutrition and what he does to, you know, keep himself healthy and out of the hospital and things like that. So I'm really glad you brought that up. And that's just a common thing. We, like you said, we, we're not really taught nutrition and from the doctor's perspective, they Mm -hmm. know the very basics, if anything about nutrition. Um, So they, you know, they'll tell you to eat your green leafy vegetables and fruits, but it's a lot more. It is that mm-hmm. simple, but <laughs> it's a matter of staying consistent and right. disciplined with it. Um, even for me, I can tell the difference <laughs> from when I'm eating right and being mindful of what I'm eating right. versus when I backtrack and eat the fried foods or the fast food or things like that. Your body feels all of that. So. I appreciate you bringing that back up. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then too, like you, you mentioned that doctors tell you the basics, but we learn those things in pediatrics when we have those doctors. Once we get to adult care, we don't get those nutritionists that we need. And and that's a big issue around sickle cell and, uh, and um, you know, going to uh, adult care from pediatrics, the transition period is what I'm trying to say. Um, We lose those doctors and we don't have that comprehensive care like we should because we're dealing with a chronic illness and our body takes a lot more than just, you know, the medicines over the counter or, you know, the pain masks that we prescribe. We need to know about what food we can, is is healthy for. So. Yeah. And it's unfortunately a, a lot in our community, not just sickle cell community, but honestly the black community period, there's, a huge lack of knowledge yeah. when it comes to nutrition. Um, there are a lot of diseases that are more Definitely. common or black people, people of color are more prone to getting. Um, and it, it is, some of it is systemic and, you know, 
lies in the systemic racism, but a lot of it is also self accountability yeah. and self responsibility and things like that. So we as a whole sickle cell black community, whomever, just people period, need to be the number one the head coach when it comes to their life and dealing with doctors or anything else. Um and yeah, just take control over their lives and just try to live as healthy as possible while we're here. Um, I don't think we're here just to suffer and and some of the things that we can right. ourselves we should. Um, I don't think nutrition is a cure, but it can definitely, definitely help. And I don't people shy away from oh Dr. Sebi doesn't work and this and the other. Anything works if you work it. <laughs> um, hmm. It's just a mindset thing. Just yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just a mindset thing. Yeah, making it up in your mind. And what works for me, yeah, definitely. And what works for me may not work for you. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to. Um, that's why you have to try different things. Like I know you mentioned Demetrius. Yeah, he's big on the smoothies. Yeah, the beats. And so, mm -hmm. yep. The smoothies, so that works for him. Um, what works for me? I do, I do smooth and juice, um, but I like, I like to just drink the water. So like every a combination of things can work, or you know, like what work you just find what works for you. But you got to try something. Yeah, absolutely. That's better than just sitting there in in pain and suffering. You try to save yourself. So, um. So what are your future plans? Do you have any more books? Yeah. Oh, I do want to talk about your experience where um, you were invited to Harvard to talk about your book. Tell us about that experience. How did they reach out to you? How did that connect happen? And what was it like going yeah. to school and talking to the class? Oh, that was that was a um, that brought a smile to my face. That was a good, ex uh, good, great experience. So the teacher was just happened to come across my book and she was, she was reading about sickle cell. And so she came across my book and read it and said, you know, this is an excellent book. And so she just out the blue, she emailed me and she asked, you know, would I be open to speaking to her class um, about my experiences? They're doing a course around the book. So she wanted me to come in and they, they'll have questions for me based off the book. And so, you know, of course I want to go to Harvard. <laughs> So she she asked me, she invited me. Of course. Me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so she asked me, she invited me to come down. Um, I spoke to the class. It was 15 students in her class. Um, they had their questions for me. I was able to answer their questions. They were able, afterwards, you know, we took a photo. They were able to show, tell me about things to go to and things to see while I was at the campus, Harvard in Boston, things, places to see. And so it was, it was definitely a good experience. It wasn't anything that I did to reach out to her. She just, um, one day I just got an email from her and we stayed in contact. And so, you know, the time was right where I was able to go. And, you know, it was, that was two weeks ago. Yeah. So two weeks ago, I just got back. Wow. So it was. It was I love it. I got chills. <laughs> <laughs> I got chills for you. Just that even before you had gotten there and just posted about it, I was like, that's super amazing. And I just love to see the opportunities that come to us when we're in the advocacy space and we're just really doing heart work. That's mm -hmm. what I call it. Um, but it, it 
just opening up just exposes us to so many opportunities like you mentioned talking to harvard talking to pharmaceutical companies just opening that door and i feel like that's god's reward for us being obedient yes um you know just listening to what he puts on our hearts and minds and us being obedient to it and the reward is just overwhelming um so that that's absolutely awesome i love it yes so what are your future plans what do you have so future plans of course i'm gonna continue to uh advocate for for sickle cells so i'm i'm definitely speaking with more pharmaceutical companies i want to speak to more colleges too because i believe though that's the future so we need to um while we're able to speak to them and so that they have an idea of what a sickle cell patient looks like and change the narrative and, and give them the information that they need to better treat us because we keep saying the same old things and even new things to old doctors who are stuck in their ways who don't want to change. We need to be saying old things to the new people who are coming up. So I think it's good to continue to speak to uh, college students or pre-med students Um and then I want to work on, I'm working on another book. So this book, I'm having a bunch of different warriors. I know you sent your story in. So a bunch of different warriors sharing their story. And I want to bring it all together in one voice and, and unify the community and just share different experiences that we we went through, we go through, and, and just give people a different perspective. So I'm working on that book next. Sweet, sweet. Are you giving yourself a a timeline to to have that completed and out, or how are you working that one? Yeah, I'm gonna get um so a year timeline. I want to hopefully I'm done sooner than that, but I definitely want to take my time and make sure it comes together and and still just um make sure everybody has the time to su- submit their stories. And and I still need some people. So if you're interested, you can email me at James Griff three at yahoo.com and send your story to me and we can go from there. Okay. Is it a certain number of stories, a certain number of people that you're looking for or just whomever wants to submit their stories? Whoever, whoever, whoever wants to submit, that's what I'm looking for. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not going to be 50 people, but you know, just whoever wants to submit and share their story. I'm a, I'm a working into a book. Awesome. I can't wait so that one is completed. Um, that when you asked me to contribute to that, that kind of started back my journey of starting writing again. So I just sat there and fleshed out my sickle cell story. And it's that part will just be a piece of the book that I'll eventually put out um, of my whole life story. So that was just okay. I was like, I've been challenged between two people, you and another lady, to write specific stories about my life. I was like, okay, well, I hear you, God. You know, you're saying I need to write more. I'm going to write more. So that was helpful for me. So I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. And you you can do it if you if you get that feeling you can you can go for it and do it and just you just have to write that's the biggest thing. Um, a lot of people put obstacles in front of themselves like oh I don't know if I should go but if you get that feeling I think you can you you know it comes to you for a reason and you can get it out there and I believe you can write your story Mia you good <laughs> you're a great writer so I definitely believe Thank so. You. 
people, people keep asking me for a book, and I'm like, okay, it's coming one of these days. So yeah, now it's time for me to like really sit down and focus on that. So I'm excited about it. Um, so yeah, once once I get closer, I keep you posted, so so you'll know. Okay. And this was Thank a dream so of mine much. before I had. Oh, I was just saying this was like a, a dream and a thought of mine before to get uh, people after, you know, I wrote the first book. So a couple of years later, I was just like, you know, I need to do this. But then I didn't have the um, connects. And now I feel like it's the right time to um, to share this story, because a lot of people now come up to me and ask me to help. I get a lot of can you help me write a book? So how about I help you? <laughs> and then, you know, like you share your share your story and I can help you you know, start your, your book, you know? that That's a great way to help. That's the great way to start writing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always <laughs> writing, journaling, little stuff, maybe my thoughts or poems or just craziness. So, but just really focusing on my story, um, that's that's going to take some time and some effort and energy. And I'm, I'm ready for that journey, to be honest. I'm ready for it. So, but yeah, thank you so much Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, James, for reaching out to me. Let them know again your email where you can be reached and also how they can follow you. James Griff3 at yahoo.com. And then you can find me on email. Um, on email. On Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. I'm one of the, I'm one of the only ones. I haven't got an Instagram account or Twitter, but I'm on Facebook active. Um James H21 is the tag handle. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's really tough to keep up with all these social media handles. Like I I it's a struggle. <laughs> so I, get I get it. And I feel like the older say, I am, the, older the, older these, the older I get, the more Right, they say the I older am. generation is on Facebook, but hey, it's 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 what I know best. So <laughs> I'm still yeah. on there right now. Exactly. So. And how can people find your book? I, I got it off Amazon, but is there another way to um, get the book directly from you? The the book is on. Uh, you could just go to Amazon. Yeah, you could go to Amazon. Um, that's the best way to get it. Yeah, if you okay, you want it right away, just go on Amazon. And you can get it. Um, it's also if you Google it, I think it's in Barnes and Noble. Any anywhere you can buy books online, that's where you'll find it. But I would say Amazon okay. is the best place. Okay, awesome. And again, his book is titled Breaking Silence, um, and it's The Life of Sickle Cell with James Griffin. So again, thank you, James. I'm super proud of you. I have much love for you, and keep going. Stay blessed, and you rock. Thank you, Mia. I'm glad you invited me on. This was fun. Uh, you know, anytime we conversate, it's always a good conversation. So I was happy when you reached out. I said, yeah, I'll do it. It's, it <laughs> we've hosted other things in the past, and it was it was easy for me to say yes. Um, got much love for you, too. I've been seeing your work. Uh, I got a couple of your T-shirts in the past. So um, definitely I like the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So thank I, know, you. I know we'll get together again. And hopefully, because you know what? I'm sitting back and I'm thinking I still haven't met you in person. So I just thought of I started. You know. having, yeah, so I started going to um, SCDA, the big convention in 2019. Um, that was my first major convention, 
And so after that was when the pandemic hit. So everything else got canceled and we were on like, you know, a bunch of things together. So I still haven't met you, but soon though, we'll get out. I'll be able to meet you soon and looking forward we're gonna to claim it. it for next year. We're going to claim it for next year. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Vitamin SC3 podcast. We hope that you will leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, a new episode is coming out next Monday. So please tune in and enjoy. Enjoy.